You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, March the 26th, as we count down the days, only two days left until the season begins on Thursday at 3.05. Start down at Citizens Bank Park. The Phillies hosting the Atlanta Braves as it gets real on Thursday. I am uh, brimming with excitement as it is just... Uh, look, we talked a lot about it yesterday back in action after the offseason. And uh, uh, just a the best offseason in the club's history... And now, as a result, certainly with Bryce Harper in town, the level of excitement for a season has not been this great since 2011, which is crazy to think about. This opening day ticket on Thursday, the hottest ticket in Philadelphia for the Phillies since 2011, since the playoffs. Crazy thought to think about, but it is also incredibly exciting to think about where this team is positioned today. We're going to dive into where they stand and what will be the best division in baseball, in my opinion, the NL East, just really all of a sudden four clubs, you could argue, with a chance to win the division. I think three are better than the fourth, but the four clubs certainly in it will go through those teams off seasons, look at where the Phillies match up against them. And of course, uh, we probably won't talk too much about the Miami Marlins, a team that in my estimation destined for a hundred losses at least as a chance to be one of the worst clubs potentially all time if this division is as good as we think it's going to be the other four clubs in the Marlins as bad as they uh, we think they could be their pitching could be all right but uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this division shakes out and let's dive into it later on we'll look at some over-unders for this Phillies team as we continue to gear up for the opening of the season but let's start with the National League East which Uh, A division which last season was certainly far from the best in baseball, but four teams got better. The Atlanta Braves, let's start there. The team that won the division last year came in with one of the youngest teams in baseball, able to win the division. And, And guess what, folks? That young talent is only getting better. As guys like Ronald Acuna and, and Ozzy Albies are going to lead this team into the next generation, they have so much young talent that you look at that young talent, you expect it to improve. Granted, Mike Fultonavich had a uh, you know not Cy Young season for them, but an, an, a borderline Cy Young contender season for them last year. He's a little hurt heading into the season. I think the pitching could be an issue. They do have a lot of young arms, though. Kyle Wright's a guy you're going to see start the season in the rotation. A lot of upside there. Um, you know, some guys, whether it's Tookie Tucson or Mike Soroka or obviously Sean Newcomb had a great year last year. A lot of young arms for this Braves team. A lot of young talent in general. So there is the potential of a slide back. It could be the type of team that that takes a step forward, then takes a step back before moving forward again. They didn't do a ton this offseason to supplement the youth. They did make a really nice move, bringing in Josh Donaldson on a one-year deal. Love that move for the Braves. As uh, you know, if you've listened to the show before, I'm a huge fan of one-year deals to begin with. I don't think there is such a thing as a bad one-year deal, at least when you sign it. And they bring in a guy like Donaldson, who has had some injury issues the last year, uh, last couple years, but 
isn't that far removed from being the MVP of the American League and isn't far removed from being one of the best players in the sport. So I really like the move of bringing Donaldson in on a one-year deal. Gives him a bit of a veteran presence, a bat in that lineup who can really help. So I really thought that was a smart move by the Braves. Other than that, though, they really didn't do much in terms of upgrading the current roster. They brought Nick Markakis back at a one-year $6 million deal, which was one of the more underrated good signings of the offseason. Markakis, a 300 hitter last year, an all-star for them, and uh, one year $6 million seems like a bargain. Granted, I'm not a huge Nick Markakis fan, but uh, I certainly at one year $6 million, a nice signing by them. And then Brian McCann comes home as their backup catcher. So, look, again, they didn't do a ton to supplement the Major League roster, but when you look at the team and you look at the amount of young talent that kind of busted out last year and the amount of young talent they still have left to supplement in the minors. I think this Braves team is another team that's going to be contending. They're going to be in on it with the Phillies this season. When you look at the over-under for the season, their win total, expected win total, 86.5. So it is below the Phillies and the Nationals. We'll get to that. But I think that number is certainly within reach. They won 90 games last year. So the Braves, the first of the three other contenders in this division with the Phillies, And I think a legitimate contender, I expect them to regress a little bit. I don't think they get to 90 again, but I think they're in that mid-80s range. They're certainly a a worthy competitor for the Phillies. Another team that got a lot better this offseason, the New York Mets. The Mets making some big moves this offseason. First and foremost at the top, they sign Brody Van Wagen and the former agent to be their general manager. I didn't think it was a great move, to be honest, when they uh, the other guy who was uh, apparently in the final running with Van Wagenen was Chaim Bloom. Chaim Bloom uh, has been with the Rays for 10 years, one of the smartest people in baseball, in my opinion. Whenever Bloom gets a job somewhere, he's going to be a great general manager. Let's all be grateful that the Mets decided to go with an agent. We've seen how well that's worked out. Uh, you know, Rob Palinka in basketball hasn't been great, but... They did have a a solid offseason in terms of upgrading the Major League roster. You can debate whether some of these moves were great long-term decisions or not, but in terms of the product they will put out on the field this year, they absolutely got better. I don't think there's any question about it. They bring Juris Familia back. A three-year deal supplements the bullpen as they also, uh, in making a trade with the Mariners, their big move of the offseason they give away Jay Bruce and some minor leaguers they get back Edwin Diaz along with Robinson Cano Edwin Diaz arguably the best closer in baseball certainly in the running for best closer in baseball I think I would argue the best closer in baseball maybe Blake Trinan, um another name you'd put in there but bring in Edwin Diaz at the back end of that pen with Juris Familia they've already got some nice arms there uh, you could absolutely argue, and, and it wouldn't take much to argue they have the best bullpen in the National League East. I think that is a a definitive, objective statement, not even subjective. Um, also, like we said, bringing in Robinson Cano, they end up, the Mariners eating a lot of that contract. Cano, someone who will struggle defensively out there for the Mets, so they're hurting their infield defense, but... Cano certainly a a nice bat to bring back. He can still hit a little bit. He's he's certainly past his prime, but I don't think Cano will make them worse per se. They also sign Wilson Ramos to be their catcher. We've saw now, uh, you know, Ramos when healthy can be a real force offensively. I thought that was a nice move for the Mets. They bring in Jed Lowry as well to uh, look. Lowry, a, a guy in his mid thirties, is a very solid baseball player. Also prone to injury. I don't think Lowry is going to make a big difference for them, but. Another bat in the lineup and then some other smaller moves this offseason. Look, 
I think personally, the Mets certainly made themselves better. They'll be a better baseball team than they were last year. Last year, they only won 77 games this year. Their win total at 84.5, according to Vegas. Excuse me, 85.5, according to Vegas. So a huge jump expected from Vegas from the New York Mets. I don't see it as big a jump. I think the Mets are the worst of the four teams contending in the National League East, in my opinion. I think that mid-80s is fair, but I think it's more likely they're an 82-win team than an 87-win team, if that makes any sense. But look... More competition will certainly take some wins from those other three teams. So not anything to sleep on. If the Mets end up winning the division at the end of the season, it wouldn't be the craziest thing that's ever happened. They have the best pitcher in the league in Jacob deGrom. They have Syndergaard healthy. He has the potential to be one of the better pitchers. Zach Wheeler breaks out last year. They got a really nice rotation. They got a really nice bullpen. I think they'll struggle offensively and defensively, but with a bullpen and a starting staff like that, you certainly have a chance. As we saw last season, a Phillies team that won 80 games that shouldn't have probably won even that many. Um, And it was all because of having a good starting staff. So it can certainly take you a long way. All right, the last of the other contenders in this division facing with the Phillies, the one that I think is the best of these teams. If I had to pick the team that I think the Phillies will be competing with the most to win that NLE's crown, I would say it's the Washington Nationals. Granted, the Nationals did lose a pretty big piece of their lineup. One Mr. Bryce Harper coming to Philadelphia is certainly a blow to the Nationals, but they did go out and sign Patrick Corbin. Six years, $140 million, and I thought it was a massive overpay when you saw the market shake down, especially considering guys like Dallas Keuchel don't even have a job right now. Um, I thought it was an overpay, but I don't think, you know, overpay or not, Patrick Corbin is a really good pitcher. And I think he's going to be really good for them. Uh, bringing him in, you got Scherzer. If Strasburg can say healthy, Strasburg, Corbin, it's going to be a really, really good starting rotation with the top level guys that, other than Aaron Nola, the Phillies just don't have. And look, I know you lose Bryce Harper, but um, when you look at this team, uh, granted they lose Bryce Harper, but a team that I think if any team can lose a guy like Bryce Harper and, and, move forward this is the type of situation they have Juan Soto who of course made big time headlines as a uh, you know 19 year old 20 year old uh, in Major League Baseball last year just tearing the league up you expect a step forward from him again as we discussed with the Braves it is possible for teams like that to slide back at times but um, you expect Juan Soto to continue it he's just such a a talented hitter. Victor Robles is another name that you should get used to. One of the top prospects in baseball for a few years now. He will be the guy who kind of takes Harper's spot in the outfield out there. Robles, certainly if he lives up to his potential, could make the loss of Harper a lot less painful. And look, the Nationals have a lot of talent otherwise offensively. Adam Eaton's a nice player. Uh, you know, I think Anthony Rendon is probably one of the more underrated players in the league right now. Just an outstanding offensive third baseman. So um, this Nationals team, in my opinion, is the number one contender against the Phillies in this division. And we'll get to uh, actual season predictions a little later in the week as we get closer to Thursday's opener. But... I feel really good about the Phillies in this division. I think that for all the reasons we discussed yesterday, the fact that they have the best lineup in the division, uh, they have a bullpen that can compete in this division, and Aaron Nola is uh, as good an ace as any, other than maybe Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, sadly both in this division. 
But I think offensively, the Phillies are so superior to these other teams that that they have a real chance to win this division. And when you look at Vegas, Vegas thinks so too, is now the Phillies the favorite in the division, the over-under 89.5. The Nationals just under them at 88.5. So, uh, look, it's going to be a really interesting divisional race. And I think it's something where, look, you'd prefer to be in an easy division and get the easy walk to the playoffs, but it's certainly something that's going to prepare this team for playoff baseball once they get there, assuming they get there, they're not going to have a free ride to the playoffs. They're going to have to play 19 games against three really good clubs, 19 games each against the Braves, the Mets, and the Nationals, all three of which could be really good baseball teams. Just the fact that Vegas is predicting 85 and a half wins each or above for all four of these teams is really a crazy number. You very rarely see that where a division has four contenders who are that evenly matched heading into the season. And, uh, you know, again, it's part of the reason why I think the Marlins could be historically bad potentially just because they have to face all these good teams so many times. It's going to be a fascinating division to watch. I'm really excited to see how it plays out. And look, it's exciting to have these rivalries mean something again. I hate the New York Mets. I hate the Atlanta Braves. I hate the Washington Nationals. It's good to feel like that hate means something again. To not just root against them in an ineffable sort of way and say, I hope they don't do well. It's not like my team's going to do anything. Now we can root against them for real. We can truly have that sports hate back. The NL East is back for the first time in a long time. There are real contenders in this division. And it's really exciting. And it's going to be a storyline we follow throughout the season for obvious reasons. And um, it's just another reason to be pumped up about what is the... uh, The most exciting season we've had here in a long time. Speaking of that, coming up next, we're going to dive into some over-unders, some player-specific. We just talked about the Vegas over-unders for win totals for this division. We're going to dive into some over-unders for some Phillies players, what we think of that. Plus, an interesting story about Odubel Herrera came out this week that uh, I also wanted to get into is, is, uh, look, if Odubel Herrera can be locked in this season, whoo! This offense could be the best in baseball. Maybe even better than the Red Sox. I wouldn't bet on it. But they've got that kind of upside if Odubel can really be locked in. We'll get into that as well. All that and more coming up next. It's Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back. It is Phillies today. James Seltzer as we have chronicled the NL East. We'll look at an NL preview as the season begins on Thursday. Where the Phillies stand in the uh in the entirety of the National League is, look, you know, there's some other good teams in the National League. In the West, you got the Dodgers and the Rockies, both contenders. The NL Central has the Brewers, the Cubs, I mean, a bunch of teams. The Cardinals, the Reds, a lot of people expect to be better. They did a lot this offseason as well. So there are some, uh, there's some interesting storylines to come in the National League. We'll dive more into that, but I got some over-unders in my hand. And we've talked a lot about this Phillies lineup, the starting staff, all this type of stuff, some of the newcomers, but we haven't really dove into what some of these numbers could look like, what the offense could look like. Bryce Harper starting it out with the over-unders. Bryce Harper's over-under for batting average is 275. Interesting over-under here because we have seen over the last four years, two years where it was under 250 and two years where it was over 300. So it's really hard to gauge where Harper's average is going to come in. I'm betting on the over here. 
Uh, and and this is more of an over on Bryce Harper in general. I think we are in for a big Bryce Harper season. Not only is he turning twenty or is he heading into his twenty six age twenty six season physically, he's heading into the prime of his athletic career. But I just think in this ballpark with this lineup around him and and the ability to stop thinking about the contract to build up to that and to just go out and play baseball. I think we're going to have a really big season for Bryce Harper. I'm taking the over on the 275. That's the over I feel the least good about because he could still have an amazing season in bad 270. But 32 and a half homers is the over under. I am taking the over on that. I think he's closer to 40 than 30. 100.5 RBI over under. Over on that one, too. He's actually got guys in front of him going to get on base. Gene Segura is going to score a lot of runs. I think that Andrew McCutcheon is going to score a lot of runs. I'm very the, the main takeaway here, I'm incredibly bullish on Bryce Harper this season. I expect him to come in and start hot and continue it out through the season. I think we're not going to have a lot of moments this year where people are going to be going, can you believe they paid this guy $330 million? feel very good about Harper this season. Reese Hoskins, some over-unders. Same over-unders on homers, 32.5. I absolutely think it's an over there. He hit 34 last year. Both Harper and him at 34 last year. Harper now, and Hoskins now with Harper in front of him in the lineup, real muto behind him. Talk about protection. Talk about pitches to see. I think Reese Hoskins could approach 40 homers this year. And yes, I'm very bullish on this offense, but I don't see any reason not to. Um, this no- next number is one of my favorites on the board here, Reese Hoskins RBI total eighty nine and a half. If he doesn't go over eighty nine and a half RBI, something went terribly wrong because he is hitting behind Bryce Harper, Gene Segura, and Andrew McCutcheon. Talk about RBI opportunities! I feel insanely good about that one. Let's move on to JT Real Muto. Two seventy five averages the over under, same as Harper. Way over. I feel better about Real Muto being doing the over on that than Harper. I wouldn't be shocked if Harper's under 275. I think that's the right number. He'll be around there. Romuto could it close to 300. I feel really... JT Romuto coming to this team for the first time in his life, playing with actual good Major League Baseball players around him, I feel really, really good about JT Romuto and his upside and potential for this season. I'm taking the over on 275 for him. I'm taking the over on 18 and a half homers. I'm taking the over on 70 and a half RBI. So I'm over a lot today. What can I say? I'm bullish about this offense. I'm more bullish than Vegas is, it seems, as I feel very strongly about Real Muto. Gene Segura over under 290 batting average. Uh, you know, look, he's been over 300 three times in a row, I believe. I think that He's probably going to be around that number. It's a tough one. 290 feels right. Uh, I, I'll take the under. I think he's a 285 hitter this year, but again, I could see it going either way. 28 and a half stolen bases seems high to me as well, especially with Harper behind him. Probably not going to be running quite as much as in the past. I'll take the under there as well. We move on. Andrew McCutcheon over under 260 average, 21 and a half homers. 80 and a half RBIs. I think that he is over 260. I think we're going to see a reinvigoration of Andrew McCutcheon as an offensive player. 21 and a half is a lot of homers for him hitting in the leadoff spot. I think that's probably the right number. If I had to, I'd go slightly under. 80 and a half RBI, probably go right around there as well, maybe slightly under, but that's not to take away from the fact that I am bullish on Andrew McCutcheon this year. I think he 
He looks really, really ready to go in spring training. The bat looks quick. He looks strong. I feel good about him. Couple more over-unders. Mike Calfranco, 23 and a half home runs over-under. Here's my take on that. Who cares? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not the biggest Mike Calfranco fan, but 23 and a half sounds about right. That's around the number he usually gets. If he stays healthy and plays, he'll probably get there. RBI, 80 and a half. He'll probably get there based on just being in a better lineup with more runners on base. So we'll see. A um, couple more Aaron Nola, 13 and a half wins. I hate predicting wins. It's such a flawed stat in that there are so many other things that go into a pitcher getting a win other than just the pitcher pitching well. But 13 and a half seems low to me. He's going to be the ace of a really good baseball team. I think he goes over that. And total strikeouts, 200.5. was uh, around 220 last year. So I, I'd like to see him go over this. I think if, if you need Aaron Nola to pitch over 200 innings for you, um, you can't expect it, but you want it. And if he's going to go over 200, I'm expecting a strikeout in innings. So I will take the over there just slightly. And then uh, Nick Pavetta, total wins on the season, 8.5. Jake Arrieta, 12.5. I think, it, again, I don't like to bet on wins, but I would bet on the over for these guys just because I think this team is going to win a lot of baseball games, and they're going to need wins from Aaron Nola, Jake Arrieta, and Nick Pavetta. So uh, those are some over-unders. I think, look, the big takeaway you could take from me here is that I am incredibly optimistic about this offense. I think in this ballpark, with the collection of guys they have to get to, they have together, it's going to be a lot of tough outs in this lineup. There are going to be a lot of base runners, a lot of guys to ru- drive these runners in. I feel really good about the offense, which leads us to Odubo Herrera, who I think that if you had to pick one player who's the kind of linchpin of all this this season, and, and I know it's, you know, look, Bryce Harper is the linchpin. Reese Hoskins is the linchpin. You need your guys to play well, but assuming we get what we expect from those type of guys, Oduble is the biggest question mark in this team in the sense that he could be horrendous, as we saw last year at times, or he can be one of the best hitters in baseball when he's locked in. And if this lineup, with all the talent and upsides it has, if it can get a locked-in Oduble Herrera for long stretches of time, it could be the best lineup in baseball. And I don't think that's exaggerating. Oduble has been working this spring training on trying to stay more focused. Article came out from Jim Salisbury on NBCSports.com, NBCSportsPhilly.com, talking about Oduble not only working on his swing, working on the physical stuff, but doing some quote-unquote between-the-ears work too. He said, we did exercises where I could visualize the game and kind of not lose time as if I was still playing. According to Herrera, they would queue up videos of some of his stellar performances quote-unquote, maybe we'd watch a really good at-bat that I had that game. He'd ask me to go through the at-bat. What were you thinking in the at-bat? What was your approach? Try to visualize yourself in that moment. How can you repeat what you did there because you were successful? Little tactics to help build confidence. I love this. I love this. I love hearing that the Phillies are trying to work on that mental side of things with Herrera. We all know that he has the talent. We've seen it happen with our eyes. He needed to work on the stuff above the shoulders, the staying focused, the not losing himself in those games. And if that's something they're putting an emphasis on, again, remember, Odubo Herrera is only 27 years old. It feels like he's 35 because he's been here so long and for a while the only player on the team who is worth anything. And now he's going to be your 7-0 hitter, your 6-0 hitter on some nights, whatever. If he can focus on the the between-the-years stuff, if he can lock in 
and give you that O'Double when he's locked in, whoo, buddy, this lineup could be something special. It's so exciting. Give me a locked in O'Double. As you know, I am hashtag pro Double. So it'd be nice to see if he can put that effort in and actually yield positive results. All right, coming up tomorrow, we will continue to preview the season. We will break down the lineup, the 25-man roster as we expect it to be, how the pitching staff looks, how the bullpen shaking out. So much to talk about. The Gabe Kapler of it all. So much to get into as we lead up to opening day on Thursday. Wow, it's so exciting. Phillies baseball is back, and uh, and it's about to start, and it's going to be a hell of a fun run. Um, so get excited, and uh, and we'll continue to talk about it all again. We'll be back tomorrow and every day, every week, talking Phillies on Phillies Today, right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.